0: How many you are ready to go hunting? Yeah? As I was leaving my apartment today, there was a big buck just standing in the, in the roadway right there, just like, hey, here I am. Um, I wanted to, to hit it with the car, but I thought, that's probably not smart. No, that's, not a, that's not a good thing. But, um, it, it would be okay, right? It, it would be all right. Um, but yeah, the, they are all around just mocking us. I just want you to know that. They're all around. Hey, last week Chris started a great series, and um, I'm just—I I think it's awesome to be part of this thing. And um, I was just looking at at far from God. We assume that people are are far from God, and we're looking at the story of Jonah, and um, we we kind of go from it usually in church from certain perspectives. That once you hear how anybody like this at all, maybe you, you're different than me. Um, as soon as you hear like a story, like oh they're going to preach about that, like we say Jonah, and you go boom, I'm, I, can, I can take a nap because I know that story. Anybody else like that, honestly? Come on, uh, you're already asleep maybe. Um, when when I hear about Jonah, I think, ah, uh, yeah, I know that one. This one, we're just taking it and we're, we're looking at it from each character. Last week, Chris was looking at the, the sailors. And if you understand that region of where the Bible was taking place and all this stuff, there were seas, there was water, there was all this stuff. So somebody that was... Um, going off on a boat ride, that would have been common. I mean, that, that was, this was their livelihood. Like we do construction and IT stuff and engineering here. This was their stuff. It was just normal, um, everyday stuff. And Chris was just going over um, Jonah 1, 1 through 3. And in this, um, the beginning, God tells Jonah. And Jonah was this preacher dude that was used to being sent out from God to go tell people stuff. So God said, hey, there's a city called Nineveh. Um, it 's bad go tell them that I want them to basically repent. this is it. I want them to repent and um, you know turn from the evil ways and Jonah was just like we are at times, and he did just opposite. Anybody like do just opposite of what you 're told at different times it 's just so natural isn 't it I mean I, it just comes so natural to me yeah like okay don 't walk on the grass okay i 'm going to walk on the grass um, i don 't know why it is, but it 's in our DNA he I understand what he did, um, but it says that he went away, he, he got aboard this ship with these sailors. And like I said, for us, it seemed, uh, sailors, I don't, I don't comprehend um, that, but that was just the, this was the average person, the ordinary guy. And Chris was bringing this out, that Jonah was running into these people, and even though he was running away from God, um, and we would assume these people were far from God, they had all these other gods that they were, they were um, aware of and they weren't aware of this God yet, God caused this storm to come up. And how many understand that when a storm comes up in your life, you start calling on God? Anybody like that? I mean, you can attend church, like, regularly, but there's something about, like, when a storm comes up in my life, I begin to freak out and, like, oh, I really want to know God now, <laughs> you know? And this is what was going on. And so Chris was just saying, hey, we, we assume that people are far from God, but when the storms come up, those ordinary people they are, uh, God is right there, right there. And so I think that's an awesome thing. Um, Chris did a a great job at at looking at that. Today we're looking at um, kind of where Jonah was sent to, and he was sent to this land called Nineveh. We use these Bible stories and stuff like this, and like I said, they just become like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever, um, uh, whatever about the the story. This is how it starts off here in, in chapter three. It says, the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, and he said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Um, last week, these were ordinary people. I mean, they were just, they were maybe they, they didn't know God, but they were just ordinary. This is not ordinary people that we're talking about in Nineveh. Uh, this is not the normal person that we just go, oh yeah, they just, they don't know God. Uh, this, this was a Game of Thrones world, man. This was a This was a violent, cruel, and and, and it wasn't by accident. This was an intentional kingdom that was making life miserable, and they had the power to do it on everybody around them. They were not interested in just taking your land. They were interested in making you suffer. That was their, they had monuments, we still have them in our museums, um, they had monuments around their city of the atrocities that they did. The, the horrible things that they would do to people, that we'd be like, oh, I'm sure they're embarrassed about that, you know. They, they, they had them up on monuments, man, hey, we took whatever, we ripped that baby out of her hands, and we drugged that baby through the streets. This is just a monument to, to remind us, yay us. These were some bad people this is um, like I said the the stuff that was going on in there was just beyond our comprehension I want you to look at this map real quick of where this is uh, get some kind of a relation going here to, to that area check out that how many how many recognize that area yeah oh we've seen that area now in the news a lot we're kind of aware um, of that area Um, When we talk biblical stuff, a lot of times it's so far in the past that we're like, it doesn't even apply today. Guess what? It applies today. Um, In fact, just 10 days ago, um, we were there with the coalition forces trying to get this group called ISIS. We we know ISIS. Um, ISIS, I believe, would be like nothing compared to what Nineveh was. Uh, We look at ISIS and we're like... The beheadings and the, the atrocities that they do, it's, it's horrible. Uh, Nineveh, I think, would have competed with them in a huge way. When we look at this 10 days ago, our coalition forces were there because ISIS is right now where this story kind of is kind of taking place in the Bible. And so this is a video clip from 10 days ago of the, the stuff going on there. Iraq's Ministry of Defense tells CNN... Coalition forces have entered Mosul for the first time since 2014. They are trying to free that city, obviously, from ISIS. Let's get right to CNN senior international correspondent, Arwa Damon, on the front lines. Arwa.
1: Hi, Chris. Well, they've managed to enter the Intisad neighborhood, and this is... To the east-southeast of Mosul but according to two senior officials who are with the Iraqi army's 9th division and that is the division that did enter uh, into the city they have at this point just cleared two blocks describing the fighting as being incredibly intense very slow going not just because of the severity of the resistance that isis itself is putting up but also because of the concern for the civilian population remember upwards of 1.2 million civilians believed to be inside that city, and a lot of these people, it is worth noting, their last interaction with the Iraqi security forces more than two years ago was when those forces put their weapons down and fled the ISIS onslaught, leaving the population there and many others throughout this country to a... An ordeal that is truly unimaginable. We've been speaking to some people who have been fleeing the fighting from other areas. One woman telling us of how she was enslaved by ISIS. She was a mother taken away from her children, raped, and then gave birth to an ISIS baby. And all she can do at this stage is really hope that he never finds out about his father. And it's just the beginning of this battle, just the beginning of the nightmare-like stories we're going to be hearing about.
0: When we look at this, when I look at kind of the Bible idea of this, I'm like, if you're like me at all, and, and maybe you're not, but we, we make lists of good and bad people. Anybody do that? Yeah, no. Like, no. Yeah, I wouldn't do. Chris was bringing this up last week. Like We, we make lists, and, and the good people are, you know, well, they're this type of people. And maybe it's a look. Maybe it's it's whatever. We make these weird um things and then what we do if just because we are who we are sometimes and especially as christians then we go and and this is the bad list and then god endorses my bad list how many understand that yeah god endorses and then what god does because god is just god and he likes to just kind of roll with what i like um god says hey don't be gracious to them judge them i mean just judge those guys all right that's that's what i want you to do in fact Just rain judgment. And so I'm glad to be part of God's judgment. It's crazy. It is crazy. I wanted you to look a couple years ago um, here in East Lansing. uh, Well, not here in East Lansing, but hey, probably over in East Lansing, um, there was a group that came to protest. And because of the uh, well-known stories, I had to go there and I wanted to be part of that and just to kind of see what was going on. This was the signs that they were carrying around. They were telling us that God's judgment was upon America and that our men and our women were dying in Iraq because of the the homosexual problem and that America was going to pay. They had signs of um, God hates fags and and all kinds of stuff like this. And the the judgment and the hate and the, the stuff that was there was incredible. These were actually my favorite signs that I saw there. Let's go to the next one. This one. Now, I was glad I was there because God hates figs. Um there's a story in the New Testament that that Christ was there and this this tree didn't bear any fruit, so he cursed the fig tree. That's humorous. The Christian people are like, ah, God hates signs. I love that too. I'm like, ah, that is, that is pretty sweet. If we were to make this list from the people in Nineveh, say from ISIS, that's going on right now, they would be probably the people on the top of our list. On the bad people. How many could put them on your top list of being bad? Anybody? A couple of you people can do that. Some of you are so full of grace and mercy. I just think we should love everybody. This would be the, the top of my list. These people are are hurting people. I, it's just amazing at what they're doing. To me, they should be on the top of that list of these bad people. You want a You want a group to hate. You want a group to rally against. You want... And yet, God in this story that we're reading about sees things differently. And, and I want you to check this out in Jonah 4. We're going to be looking at chapter 3, but in Jonah 4, God is having this conversation with Jonah. And he says this, he kind of gives us his viewpoint here. He says in verse 11, But Noneva, Noneva, how hey, you like that? Noneva. Hey, but Nineveh um, has more than 120 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention the animals shouldn't I feel sorry for that great city? This is God looking at this city and having pity on this city. This is the first thing I want you to to think about today or remember today is this. God knows us and God still loves us. This is something that is so complex that I don't comprehend it. How does a God look at Nineveh Look at ISIS and go, there's a hundred and so many thousand people there and they're in spiritual darkness and how can I not have pity on them? I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me. I kind of wrestle with that kind of grace. We like to talk about grace and love. That, it's hard for me to comprehend. If there's a hit list, that should be on the hit list right there. I would support God if God's going, hey, let's go judge them. Let's do it, man. Let's, let's do it. And yet God here in the story, he's showing that God knows us and he loves us. He knew exactly what, it wasn't like he had never seen what was going on there. He was aware of what was going on inside Nineveh. He knew of the, the, the horrible, horrible things they were doing. And yet he said, hey, dude, I want you to go in there. And I want you to try to reach those people. Say just, just give them this message. That's crazy. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. But I do know this, is that I am so grateful to have a God like that. I like to judge other people quickly, maybe, and put them on my bad list. But from what I understand about the Bible, the Bible says that we are all separated from God because of our sin. If it wasn't for a God like this, uh, I would have no, I, uh, no understanding of this, this love, this acceptance. He knows me. Now, you look at me, and um, you don't know much about me. And I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Um, usually, we look at other people, and we think depending on maybe how they're dressed, depending on our mood. We kind of set some kind of judgment. Oh, those people, they must come from a perfect life. Oh, they must have... Every, they are just good. I see their family get out of the car and it's just like, oh, magical rainbows following them. This, the, yeah. and, and sometimes we, we look at at that and the reality is we all have failure in our life. We all probably have stories that we don't want anyone else to know. Anybody, don't raise your hand. Anybody else relate to that? I have stories that I don't want you to know. And yet God knows that story. God's aware of that mess. And he still loves me? I don't understand that. I want that kind of love for me, and yet I struggle with that kind of love for ISIS, if that makes sense. Anybody understand that? I don't understand that, yet all I'm called to do is accept this love from God. I want you to understand, if you don't understand that God knows, this is is the first thing you've got to really understand in all this, is that God knows what your life really is. He knows what you are outside of church. He knows what you are when you're alone. He knows there's not a secret that you have that he's not aware of. And yet this God loves you that blows my mind that's crazy my wife is is just amazing to me cuz she knows me and she loves me she she does know me she she knows how she knows my weird stories we come from totally different places in the universe i come from a very dysfunctional Crazy family, and she come from like this this little bitty Leave It to Beaver family that was like, oh and uh, they would eat like at the dinner table, and I'm like, e- what the heck are you? Guys- I don't even understand. It was such different worlds, and yet she knows my now some of her my stories that I have. Um, she was like, I don't even know if I want children. Yeah, I don't know, you know, I'm not I'm not sure. She knows me, and. The cool thing about that is that gives me the ability to know that she really loves me. When we are hiding something from someone, we are just waiting till they find that out, waiting to be discovered, and to know that that love is going to be rejected. I think a lot of times we don't understand that with God, is that God knows you. You're not hiding any. Coming to church, dressing up, looking good, doesn't hide anything from God. He's aware of what you are. He's aware of who you are. You're not going to surprise him with anything. And he loves you. That, that's an awesome thing. I want us to, to just get a hold of that. That is cool. I want us to go on to the story here. When we look at that, we're moving on. And Jonah in verse 3, and I'm just going to kind of walk through this, because um, this is the, the action stuff going on. It says, this time Jonah actually obeyed God. And he went into Nineveh, this large city, and on that day, Jonah entered in the city and he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Um, We'll talk about Jonah later on, but anybody ever done anything with, like, just the littlest effort you could do? You know you had to do it, but you you just put a little bit of effort into it. Anybody? Yeah. I mean, like, I got to do it. You know, I got to say sorry to you, so I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like that's a Jonah attempt right there. like, walking into the city going, hey, 40 days, you're going to die. Bye. that's how i feel i'm like oh wow that was way to go man that was well prepared and a lot of a lot of effort into that um when we go on verse 5 says the people of nineveh believed god's message that's crazy from the greatest to the least they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow when the king of nineveh Um, heard what Jonah was was saying, he stepped down from his throne and he took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and the noblemen sent the decree out to the city. No one, not even the animals. Now this is the weirdest thing to me. Chris and I have laughed at this. Um, So you ever have like times that you watch people that they're just awkward in responding to God? Or maybe you feel awkward in responding, like, I, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. This is weird and awkward to me. So, these people are sorry, but they're going to make their animals be sorry. We want you to dress in like sackcloth and mourn too. I'm like, and fast. You're fasting too. How do you explain that to a cow? I don't understand that. But this is this is what was going on. This is the real the real stuff that was going on. So they um, said no no one. Um, not even the animals and the herds of the flock may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear the garment of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying them. This is what I want you to understand. Number two is that God is at work even when we don't recognize it. We listen to these Bible stories, and how many have heard the story of Jonah? Raise your hand before. You've heard the story of Jonah. Yeah, most of us. So when we go, hey, Jonah, and you're like, yeah, I know the story, whatever. Because we've been told these stories over and over and over, we just naturally agree with them. We're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. If you are an outsider and never have heard any of these Bible stories, we tell you, hey, this dude, swallowed by a big fish, and he walks into this most violent city, and, he re- and they just repent, and you'd be like, what have you been smoking, man? You're crazy. Amen. Reality. A reality check on some of our Bible stories, okay? We accept them, and we, we don't even think about it, and I want you to understand. So you have this Game of Thrones thing going on right here. Violent, mean, cruel, powerful people, okay? That's what this city of Nineveh is. So I walk in smelling like fish bait and I go, hey, God's not happy with you. 40 days, repent. Reality, what are they going to do? Anybody, tell me, what are they going to do? How are they going to respond to me? Huh? They're going to laugh at me. That's going to be the first thing, I think. They're going to laugh at me. The next thing, they're probably going to like start like figuring out, what is the most painful way we can torture this guy? Because I basically just threatened them. And if I was them, I'd be going, do you not know who we are? Hey, Hey, look around at the signage in our city. It's evidence of who we are. And you're coming in here to tell me, hey, you know, I know I smell like a fish, but hey, in 40 days, this is what's going to happen. I'd be like, oh my, you've got to be kidding me, man. I, I would beat Jonah up. I would figure out how to make him suffer greatly. And then I would chop his head off and I'd put it on a spear outside my city just so that if, if fishy smelling people wanted to come into my town again, they could look at Jonah's head and go, check that out, man. This is the last guy that came into it. Because this is a real nation. This is not just a Bible. This is a real nation that was powerful and they were cruel. And yet all of a sudden they responded to God. God had to be doing something behind the scenes. It's just not something that we would see in the natural progression. And I love this. When we think about God working behind the scenes. There's so many times that I feel like God isn't doing anything and yet to comprehend from the biblical stories that God is doing something. Um, when I look at this, I think of a story from a group in that same area where ISIS is currently. They were really just kind of like ISIS. How many know that ISIS goes around um, killing Christians? Anybody know that? Um, this group went around, and that was their target. They were killing Christians. They were in the exact same area that ISIS and all this stuff is going on. They were in that same Middle Eastern kind of desert area, and they were going around just, just killing Christians from town to town. And the leader of this ISIS-like group, one day as they were heading into the city, um, just hit his knees. He, he, he said that he, he heard something, and he was kind of blinded by this light. And he just hit his knees, and he was like, he said all this stuff happened. Nobody else heard it, but he was blind when he got up. The guys had to carry him to the city that they were headed to. That's what's going on on that side. in that same crazy city, there is this guy that is a Christian, and he says that God is all of a sudden talking to him. And he says, this is what God said to me said, there's a terrorist that I've just brought to your city. I have blinded him. What I want you to do is I want you to go over there and I want you to pray for him. So we have this action taking place and we have this other action taking place to to converge together. And he says, I want you to go over there. Here's where the guy is. I want you to go over there and pray for him. I want to heal him. I want his eyes to be able to see again. How many think that you would run from that opportunity? I'd be like, hey, if God was asking me to go over there and like um, sniper the guy, I'm all for it, God. Rah, rah, let's do it. This dude is a known terrorist, and you're wanting me to go pray for him so that he could see again? Isn't this to our advantage, God? And yet he responds to God. These two separate stories that is kind of behind the scenes of what is God, what God is doing is all of a sudden they converge. He goes over and he prays for this terrorist dude and the dude can see again. I would I would pray for him and as, as he said that he could see, man, I'd be out of there. I'd be like, okay, run now, run. You still don't know. The guy is like, this God that did this to me, that healed me, he... I, I want to know him. I want to believe in him. I want to know more about him. It says that he was baptized and then that he just stuck around this group of Christians that he came to kill. He stuck around them and the story unfolds even more that this terrorist is this dude named Paul that we read about in our Bible and that not only did God use what was going on in there like to get a hold of Paul. But Paul planted churches after churches, and what we read in our New Testament is letters from this freaking terrorist. Who is too far from God? This is is what I want to know. God is working behind the scenes. This is a rare story that we get to see God in action, kind of doing that. But day after day, I think in our lives, we're not aware of it, and yet it's God working behind the scenes. The last thing is this, as we look at Nineveh and God's response, and I think this is, this is such a cool thing too, is that fact number three is this. God is not done writing our story yet. How many are glad about that? Is there ever, how many know what a Polaroid is? <laughs> I almost referred to a Polaroid, like, hey, and then I just realized that I was 75 years old, and um, the People are like, what? What are you saying? So sometimes we capture these film, or these, these pictures um, of us on, um, on our cameras, on our phones. And I think sometimes in life, how many have ever seen a horrible picture of yourself? Anybody? Oh, it's amazing. We did a wedding yesterday, and Kelly and I, there's some of you that are so photogenic. Kelly and I are opposite of that, that there's... we. We could pay somebody to come in and try to take a picture of us, and we'd still be like, I don't know what happens. There's something that happens that I don't understand it, man. Um, But there are shots of us that are just horrible. I'm like, oh, my goodness, they're just horrible. There's shots of my life that are like that. And there's people that know me from those times in life. And when they see me now, It's hard for them to comprehend that that same guy that was that picture is this one. But this is the reality. God is not done writing our story. I don't care what picture it is that you have in your head. God is not done writing your story yet. Listen to this. Check this out. Verse 10, God. it says, When God saw what they had done and how that they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. I want you to to understand this. This is not over. God is still in this process of wanting to rewrite your story if you'll respond to God. This ISIS thing, using this this terrorist guy, this Paul, to write our New Testament, that's crazy. This whole idea of God rewriting your story, I, I think of there's a great story in Mark 5 and I love it because don't raise your hand, but have you ever been that person that has kind of been on the outs? Like people would would kind of use you as the example of going, oh, you know that crazy kid? Oh yeah, yeah. And you're that crazy kid. Um, that That was kind of where that I I, I found myself a lot of times in in growing up and all this stuff. You'd have all the good church kids, and then you would come visit me in jail, or, you you know, whatever it was. It was was just this, and God is like, going, hey, this isn't the end of your story, dude. I've got more, and I don't comprehend that, but I look at this story in Mark 5, and I love it, because it talks about this guy that was out of his mind, Literally, he was out of his mind. They they said that he he had demons and and stuff like this, but he was known. Anybody, like, know somebody crazy around your town? Anyway, maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's you. I I don't know. Um, This dude was known, like, around town. And he lived in this cemetery totally nude. That's just how he rolled. Okay, that was it. He was like an animal where they, he was cutting himself, doing all this stuff and howling. And they had tried to subdue him before. And they had chained him. They had done all this stuff. And he would break loose. And he would just roam this area. It says one day that all of a sudden Jesus and his guys came up and like this is the island, boom, they hit this little place. And Jesus walks up to him. I love that Jesus encounters crazy Because that's real life. It's not pretty all the time. Jesus encounters this guy that I would have said, this guy is too far from God. In fact, just run. Run from him, man. Somebody that's howling like a dog, I I probably don't have the nerve to go talk to him, okay? I'm just saying. Maybe that's what God is calling you to do. I don't know. Jesus walks up to him and begins to have a conversation with him. Some things unfold. And this guy that was so far gone, all of a sudden, the Bible says that he's sitting clothed and he's in his right mind. That's huge. He's clothed and he's in his right mind. And he's beginning to have a conversation with Jesus. And he's like, you did this to me and I am so grateful. Wherever you go, I want to follow you. And Jesus goes, no, I appreciate that, man. I got enough things going on. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go back to where you're from, where people know that you are crazy. I want you to go back there and show them what God has done. When I look at that, I'm going, who's too far from God? Uh, The people that we, we label as this or as that? If you really look at the grand spectrum of all this stuff, the people that were ISIS members, our our Nineveh people, God reached out to them. A guy that was like a leader in ISIS that was a terrorist, God used to write the most of our New Testament and found churches all around. A dude that lived naked in a cemetery, howling like an animal, that nobody wanted to be around, no one wanted to deal with, it's like the first missionary that Christ sent out. Man, if that doesn't mess with your mind on who God can use, on who God can reach, I just don't comprehend it. The next time you see that crazy group at the mall, the next time you see that crazy family member, you see that crazy thing on the news, and you begin to think, man, they are so far from God. They're that is crazy. You just may be looking at the next church leader. Really? That's how God works. Today, maybe you are sitting here going, man, I feel too far from God. This is what I want you to know. God isn't disgusted with you. He's not scared of you. He's not mad at you. And he's not far from you. He's just wanting you to respond. For those that are looking at other people and going, they are too far. I just want you to remember these stories. That They're not my stories. They're Bible stories on just how God responds and who God will use. It, It blows me away. Who's too far from God? I don't think there's anyone too far from God. We may have to throw our list away and get a smaller list and a bigger God. I'm not sure about how we respond to that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, that you are bigger than what we ever imagined. And God, I pray right now for those that feel like they are far from you. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you would speak into their hearts, that you would draw them to you, that you would give them a desire. Lord, and I pray that when the guilt comes up, when the condemnation comes up, when the stories of all their failure and all their junk begins to come up, the lord you would begin to rewrite their story give them peace bring forgiveness into their lives i pray for those of us that look at others as too far the lord you would work in our hearts and our lives use us lord use us and this opportunity of this world around us to speak who you are in jesus name amen